North Mountain, 1900. The desert here is undeveloped and wild. The only signs of human life are white tents sprinkled loosely around the mountain. Inside are skeletal figures, dying travelers who came from all over the country to lie here in the hot air, praying to make a recovery. This disease is consumption, white plague. It's tuberculosis. The symptoms are all too well known. Fever, sweats, a frightening weight loss, and the telltale bloody coughs that so often precede death. A journalist with the Arizona Republican in 1892 wrote, The Salt River Valley is peculiarly adapted to the cure of tuberculosis. There is no oppression in the atmosphere, which, though warm, is dry and light, and notable instances of almost miraculous cures in and around Phoenix have become matters of record in medical journals. Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. As the world contends with COVID-19 and now the Delta variant, it's worth noting that there's another disease, one almost forgotten, that has plagued the human civilization for thousands of years, tuberculosis. Although you may not know the history of tuberculosis or how similar it is to COVID-19 as the disease is spread through the air from one person to another, there are a few things you should know. Sunny Slope, which is now a well-established neighborhood within Phoenix, was once a haven for tuberculosis patients in the late 1800s. And in 2019, tuberculosis was the cause of death for 1.4 million people worldwide, according to the World Health Organization. In this week's episode, producer Cameron Sanchez walks us through the history of tuberculosis in Phoenix and how thousands of people continue to be ravaged by a disease that is not only curable, but preventable. The Salt River Valley was a destination for tuberculosis and asthma patients who believed the dry air and sunshine would be good medicine. Several studies have corroborated this idea, including a 2013 article in the American Journal of Respiratory and Critical Care Medicine. Eight miles to the south in Phoenix, city officials passed an ordinance banning tent camps to stop the spread of disease. Tuberculosis patients were shunned and left to die or heal on their own, away from civilization. Sunny Slope Historical Society Vice President Pat Wilkinson describes what it was like for these patients. And they were out in little tent houses like as far as 50 miles out in the desert, away from the main desert mission area. And the nurses would hop in their cars that they brought with them, and they would go out into the desert to find all these people. And some of them, they, most of them, they had no floors in them. They were just sleeping and wanted on the ground. All this changed in 1891 with the arrival of William Norton, a wealthy Californian recuperating from pneumonia and measles. Whether or not the Arizona heat cured him, William healed quickly and the Norton family stayed. During a buggy ride, William's daughter Alice Norton pointed at the valley landscape and famously said, What a pretty sunny slope. Liking the name, 
William platted out a subdivision in the desert and named it Sunny Slope. The Nortons built a house for themselves, and for many years, they were alone. But that would soon change. Marguerite Colley and Elizabeth Beatty changed everything when they came to Sunny Slope in 1919. Together, they were called the Angels of the Desert, bringing food and medicine to consumptives for miles around. They called her Polly, even though her name was Marguerite. That's Susan Aleskovich, Marguerite Colley's granddaughter. And she was, she was up for a good laugh. She wore her, her nylon stockings rolled up to her knees. Always wore a dress, never saw her anything but a dress. And she was kind of jolly. The Colleys moved to Sunny Slope for Susan's father, Robert, Marguerite's son, who had asthma. And he had terrible allergies. They were looking for a place where he could thrive better. And they chose Arizona. I asked Susan if what the Colleys called asthma might really have been tuberculosis. Well, my dad might have had it, and he might have called it asthma. Stranger things have happened. The Colleys never left even after Robert recovered. They were the second residents of the Sunny Slope subdivision. Marguerite was a nurse and a social worker. She quickly teamed up with Elizabeth Beatty to nurse the sick at Desert Mission in 1927, a collection of only nine buildings that was created as a medical center for tuberculosis patients and their families. These women put themselves at risk to help strangers. I couldn't stop thinking about how many of us would do that. As I continued my interview with Susan, it was apparent that what her grandmother did was selfless, dangerous, and remarkable. Do you think you could have done it? Like, do you think you could have done what your grandmother did? Would have moved to that tuberculosis colony and just taken it upon yourself to be that caretaker? No. I think it takes a special person with the right training and with limited resources, it was not easy. Desert Mission remained a modest operation for several years, treating those desperate tent dwellers. At the time, affluent tuberculosis patients who traveled to Arizona to chase a cure were admitted into sanitariums and hospitals. The poor rarely had access to such health care. In Sunny Slope, there weren't any fancy medical services before Desert Mission, and the people who ended up out there likely couldn't have afforded to use them. Four years after the founding of Desert Mission, the next important woman enters our story, Helen Lincoln. Helen was a TB patient and the wife of self-made millionaire John C. Lincoln. The Lincolns were a power couple, living in Cleveland, Ohio, when Helen was diagnosed. They quickly packed up and headed to Arizona with their children, where, like Robert Colley and William Norton before her, Helen made a fast recovery. Here is Pat Wilkinson again. She knew how to get things organized and how to get people moving to do stuff. And she didn't care who, who you were. You know, if you had something that could benefit the desert mission or the hospital, she went after you. Uh, and that's why she'd tell him, you know, he knew all the billionaires and stuff back east. They had the money. And she said, you get the money, I'll use it. 
And she did. Pat said Helen's husband, John, donated several thousands of dollars to Desert Mission, enough to expand the medical facility 20 more acres and take the whole healthcare system up a notch. Between 1919 and 1942, the population of Sunny Slope grew from around 6 to 6,000. In this time period, the number of tuberculosis cases subsided. Tents turned into homes, schools, and shops. But tragedy struck in 1942, when a fire burned down seven of the nine Desert Mission buildings. The mission survived, and in 1954, it was renamed the John C. Lincoln North Mountain Hospital. In 1959, Sunny Slope was annexed into Phoenix. Welcome to Sunny Slope. That's Renee Blaine. She's president of the Sunny Slope Historical Society. I mean, it's, it's just, you go from one neighborhood to the next, and, and there's so many people that think, you know, Sunny Slope's this rotten, you know, town, but it's really diverse. She has such a huge crush on Sunny Slope. <laughs> <laughs> right? That she gets carried away. Whatever you come to look for, you're going to find here. And starts yelling when she talks about this story. During my research about Sunny Slope and its history of tuberculosis, I got the opportunity to take a car ride with Renee and Pat. Renee drove me around the community, pointing out the beauty of Sunny Slope. And then we got North Mountain um, Park, which is the hiking trails. You got hiking trails all around Sunny Slope. And also, the not so pleasant history. The tuberculosis camp that we know of was, it was a big settlement down in here. Sunny Slope survived the White Plague, fires, and exclusion. And although the threat of tuberculosis has faded, the world is not completely free of the infectious disease. Today, COVID-19, a highly contagious respiratory infection plagues our lives, and it has done so for almost two years. We don't even think about tuberculosis anymore, right? To be fair, tuberculosis is not exactly a thing of the past. Even though TB cases have gone down drastically in the United States, in many developing countries, tuberculosis is still endemic and actually kills more people each year than HIV AIDS, according to the World Health Organization. Maricopa County had 77 of Arizona's 136 TB cases in 2020, but the death rate is extremely low with modern medicine. To find out more, I headed to the Maricopa County Public Health Clinic. I always thought that I was vaccinated against TB as a baby. With that assumption, I walked confidently into the infectious disease ward at Maricopa County Public Health, only to find out I'm not. As I was looking for a doctor to talk about TB, I said to a hospital worker how glad I am to be vaccinated against it. She told me that I'm not, and tuberculosis vaccines aren't really available in the United States. So eventually I was strongly encouraged to leave the building because I hadn't followed procedure. Luckily, the next day, I got a call from Dr. Renuka Karana, the tuberculosis control officer for Maricopa County Public Health. Okay, so the BCG vaccine is a vaccine that was used in the old days and is still used in many foreign, other underdeveloped countries. BCG stands for Bacillus Calmet Guerin. It was developed by scientists Albert Calmet and Camille Guerin in 1921. And an apology goes out to any French listeners for mispronunciation there. But the United States 
have not used that vaccine in a very, very long time. And I'm trying to figure out when was the last time the United States actually used the vaccine. So how did we bring down tuberculosis numbers in America without a vaccine? There isn't one clear answer, but isolation, good nutrition, and hot air were very effective. We shouldn't assume the fight is over. Our friend Renee from the Sunny Slope Historical Society agrees. And you think it's something that we've taken care of, you know, something in the past, which concerns me about this whole COVID thing. People think we're going to move on from it, and I'm thinking it's around. I see this being here for 10 years. You know, let's talk about it in 10 years because it's going to morph. We never got rid of tuberculosis. After working with county tuberculosis patients for 14 years, Dr. Karana says that COVID-19 has disrupted tuberculosis treatment. And um, the COVID did not help the TB patients because uh, people, clinics were closed, providers were not seeing them, patients were sick, but they were not going to see their providers. And if and when they went to see a provider, they, they were either told, this is just COVID, go away, or don't come to the clinic. So COVID did put TB back. Then... Dr. Karana added something about COVID I didn't expect to hear. Oh, I take, I take tuberculosis over coronavirus any day. The complication, it all depends on how old you are. And again, what are your comorbid disorders associated with? Uh, coronavirus seems to have more complications uh, after you are better and you come out of it. Um, that is more scary than what you deal with tuberculosis. Once you take tuberculosis, your cure rate is very high. You know, your recurrence is only about 2 to 7%, depending on, or 3 to 7%, depending on what type you have. Modern technology has vastly improved treatments. Maybe, best of all, we've got people like Dr. Karana around to use that technology. She reminds me of Marguerite Colley and Elizabeth Beatty people who care about health and won't rest while they're suffering. We still have angels of the desert. All right, listeners, that's it for this week. Remember to subscribe and share this episode with friends. Also be sure to check out The Gaggle, an Arizona politics podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. It'll be in your feed every Wednesday morning. All right, I'm Kayla White. Take care and stay safe out there.